0: You guys ready to get into God's Word? If you've got your um, journals, go ahead and open them. We're into uh, into Undeniable. We're going to actually go over yesterday's reading. I believe that was day number uh, 27, and it was talking about uh, stewardship, faithfulness, and what was the other? Multiplication. Very good. Who got that? There you go. All right, Mama Cher. We got it going great. Now, so... Page 27, I'm sorry, week number 27, we're actually going through 42 weeks, so this will take us all the way through Easter. Now, who here has heard the saying that you can't take it with you? Everybody hear that? And it seems to be, well, we always say it, and it actually is probably some folklore, but it's actually a very, very biblical principle. In fact, it's all through uh, scriptures, and you know the, the the point is is that we all rely on money a little bit too much, and at some point we all know that money is going to fail us in fact, uh, in the uh, life uh, in the afterlife, we know that uh, that money or cash or possessions are uh, extremely <laughs> uh, yeah, our, have no power, the type of things that we need purchased up in heaven. And First Timothy says this uh, in 6-7. It says, after all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave. And I agree with that. I thought I'd be a fool to disagree with the saying that you can't take it with you. But in studying this, I think I may have found a loophole. All right, so I know you're probably thinking if you're the first time, like, oh, my gosh, like that's the most basic teaching that there is. What's this guy talking about? Well, here's what I'm going to talk about. Um, who here, besides uh, Tia, who here has been to a foreign country? Yeah, oh, look at these guys. You guys are an international globe-trotting bunch here. Yeah, new song. So have you ever been to a place and you, you reach in your pocket, you needed to get something, And you wanted to purchase something, and you just came up with some good old American dollars, and you can't figure out why the person on the other side of the counter is looking at you like... Now, some countries will take the dollars. Like, I get that. Uh, but let's say we're from another country and we're going to another country. Uh, the odds are they, they're just going to look at you like, what are you doing? Like, you could have a whole handful, a whole lot of cash, and actually you could have tremendous value over here in this currency system, but in that currency system, it doesn't have any value whatsoever, right? So what do you have to do? What's the smart traveler do? You go to the exchange, right? And you never go to the airport one, right? Because you know you're going to pay top dollar. So you try to get the safest place, you know, where you're not going to get jacked, right? You try to get the safest place where if you took, you know, a few hundred dollars and you exchange it, you're going to get a very good rate, you know, but you're still kind of safe. And that way you're going to maximize your money. So I want to say that in general, it's impossible to take it with you, but I do want to say that I believe that you can take it with you if you convert it in advance. You can take it with you if you convert it. If you take it from a worldly resource, worldly wealth, and you convert it into an eternal currency system, that actually there is some scripture verses that I think that indicate that that money that we have converted that, that, that is credited to our account waiting for us uh, when we get to our, our home country. Amen? So, how do we, and this is the message today, how do we take the wealth that we have from this temporary and finite currency system, and how do we convert it into something that is infinite and eternal? And last week we looked at kingdom greatness, and this week we're going to look at kingdom Currency. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 16. If you've got your Bibles or if you've got your journals, you just go to week 27 and you have it right there in the NLT. But if you want to follow along, we'll also have the scripture verses up top. Uh, But Jesus is teaching some uh, Pharisees some information and and telling them about uh, possessions and teaching them about money. And in Luke 16, 9, he says, here's the, here's the lesson. Uh, and I like when Jesus does that. A lot of times I'm like, "Where is this kind of, uh, you know, is this an illustration? Is it metaphorical? Is it what, this or that? Or like, what's the main point of this? And I like it when Jesus says, here's the lesson. Or verily, verily, I say to you, or this is what you need to know. Surely you've got to know this. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, and this is talking about money, worldly wealth, and I want to tell you that it it can it can help out in situations, but I want to tell you you are gonna if you haven't yet in life, you are gonna reach a point where your money is gonna fail you. And certainly in the afterlife, it will absolutely fail you unless you convert it. It says then when your possessions are gone, this is when like yeah, you, you can't use your bank account. Uh, anymore, or your uh, platinum cards, then they will come, then they will welcome you to an eternal home. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. And many times I want to tell you, and I've caught it in my own, my life, that uh, my thoughts about money are so self-centered. They, they always kind of revolve around us, even Our prayer lives. And it seems like at times my whole inner experience about money, it kind of rises and falls based on how I feel about getting or what it seems I'm not getting from my prayer life. Even my prayer life, I experienced the stuff that I desired. That kind of seems to be the the spiritual or the inner part of it. And we're going to talk about wealth here. And, and the main thing I want you to know is that uh, there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. My, my wife has a company. She's been working very, very hard for 20 years, 21 years. God's blessed her. She works harder than anybody I ever met. She loves her customers more than anybody I've ever seen. And I want to tell you that there's a, a flow of income that comes from being that type of person of having that type of, of company. But I want to tell you that there is that that holiness isn't found in wealth. Yeah. I also want to say on the other side of the coin that holiness isn't found in poverty. Yeah. Right? You don't get any bonus points because all of your kids got everything that they owned from goodwill. Or you passed it down. Now, that's smart shopping, and sometimes I want to tell you, in life, I didn't have a choice. And I got some pretty cool stuff, right? Like, I am the first to admit, like, I I go to Marshall's, and I go there first. Maybe not exclusively, but I'm going to go there first. And sometimes I get really lucky, and the pair of shoes that I like, I don't have to buy it two sizes bigger, because they only got three sizes. You guys ever done that? (laughs) Right? I can sometimes on the glorious day I get exactly my size, exactly the style, and I only paid pennies on the dollar. I love yeah. whoa <laughs> I love doing that sort of stuff. I can tell there's a shopper right there in the making. So there's nothing wrong, right? So so holiness is not found in wealth, and holiness is not found in poverty, but holiness is found in faithfulness. Right? Holiness is found. In faithfulness. Holiness is found in this process where we convert our earthly possessions and we convert them into heavenly or kingdom currency. And the question really isn't, uh, the question is this, is how much of our worldly wealth, no matter how much we have, no matter how much we don't, or most of us are probably in some sort of place in between there, no matter how much or how little we have, is it being converted to kingdom currency today? In our day-to-day lives, is this a process that's a reality in our lives? Luke 12, 23 says this. And I'm going to use the NIV version. I love the NLT. The NIV is something I grew up with, and for this verse, I memorized it this way, and I just love the way uh, that it's put, so... Uh, We're going to skip to the NIV on this one. It says this. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. So again, do we see how this conversion process takes place? Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. So even as... This earthly currency will fail us from time to time, and certainly in the life after the afterlife, it will fail us. This other currency will never wear out. It will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. And this is the important thing that we have to put it out here today. It says, provide uh, for yourselves purses that don't wear out. So nobody else can provide this purse for you or this well for you kingdom currency is something that you and you alone are part of this exchange nobody else can give you kingdom currency you can't give it to somebody else no matter how hard you want them to have a great outcome uh, for their soul and in their life but it's for every person you provide for yourselves purses that right that will never wear out Your friends and your family, your spouses, your kids, your parents, grandparents, nobody else can provide this currency from you. You are giving something uh, in a trust from God. And how you steward that today makes an eternal difference in your life. I didn't say that, Jesus did. Luke 16, we'll continue, uh, verses 10 through 12. This is Jesus uh, talking. It says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. Memorize that. Circle that. That's a good one. That's straightforward. I can get that. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. So if you'll steal a dollar, you'll probably steal a hundred. If you steal a hundred, you'll probably steal a thousand and if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? And I want to tell you that verse 11, it's, it's, it, it kind of troubled me first time I read it. In fact, it troubled me the last time I read it. How can it be? And I don't understand all the details to it, but Jesus is making some sort of connection with the way that I handle Worldly wealth, or your translations might even have the word mammon, and it's not uh, like it's ill-gotten wealth. It's not like you stole it to get it. It it's just it just means that it's earthly possessions. It just means that it's stuff, that it's that it's cash, this mammon. So with with worldly resources, that somehow, some way, the way that we handle that has uh, makes a difference for us in all eternity. And I'm not going to argue with them. I don't necessarily comprehend how that works out, but I know that it's true. I can apprehend this truth, and I can live it out in my life, and so can you. When we go to convert our worldly wealth, I believe that the exchange rate that we get is going to be determined on our faithfulness. Right? You may go into a place and you might exchange it, and the guy says, "Well, I'll take it, but I'm, I'm going to give you like zero shekels for your 100 dollars. Not a very good exchange rate. You may go and you might get like 200 shekels, right for 100 US. dollars, something like that. But I believe that the exchange rate that we're going to get has something to do with the way that we handle the stuff. And and the stuff that we handled that supposedly or seemingly to us was insignificant. This is a crucial part of the thing. There's two key principles that we find in this verse that Jesus is trying to teach us. is that if we're faithful with a little, that we will be trusted with more. Isn't that good To know, I don't have to be a money genius or all this. I just have to do what God wants me to do with his stuff. In fact, that's the best prayer. I remember when I first prayed and I thought I had made it so far. And I prayed, God, what do you want me to do with your money? It was a point in my life I really was starting to trust him. I was actually just following my wife's example who was like just so faithful, so generous. I'm just like, I was growing in it. And I just remember that prayer. And then I thought, you know what? You know, maybe the the better prayer, and it seemed holy and really good, and and that's a great start. But actually, what he wanted me to pray was, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do with your money? That's what he's talking about. If you're not going to be faithful with other people's things, if you're not faithful with God's stuff, how are you going to be given stuff of uh, your own? So if we're faithful with other people's things, we get our own. And I want to say that we get our own. So I want to tell you that this kingdom... Currency that we get is actually ours personally to have i don 't get to have yours i can 't have jake 's jake can't have mine it 's not that our parents can get it pass it down to us anything like that it's ours personal that we're, if we're faithful with the things of God that somehow in the true riches of heaven that we get trusted with that and that just that 's like mind blowing Kind of a thing. And I want to tell you that, new, that at New Song, that we are absolutely a living example of these two principles. You know, we didn't start out to launch a church. We didn't join a big network. And they didn't hand us, you know, 100000 or a quarter million dollars and 50 people and tell us to go for it. I want to tell you that we started out in a living room. But we were faithful With that 200 square foot, I don't know how big it was, but we were faithful in that living room. And then, because we were faithful there, God gave us a 5x10 trailer, and we could fit literally everything the church owned, we could fit it in that little teeny tiny trailer. And we were faithful And then we got a chance to rent uh, a school that was very, very close by, and I want to tell you that we gave it everything that we had, no matter how good the facility was or didn't work for us, we gave it everything that we possibly had, and because we were faithful with that stuff, I want to tell you then, we got really promoted, and God gave us a double wide. (laughs) Yeah, we went into a trailer park to have a ministry house, and we got a... Uh, A double why, but we were faithful in that as well, and we went from serving maybe 30 to 40 kids to now, we serve about 225 at-risk kids every single day, and actually all sorts of different things. Stuff for parents that was growing out of that, but it started, we got this trailer, I want to tell you, it was horrible. The lady said, I was going to tear it down if you didn't move into it. There were trees growing uh, up out of the, the floor. It lent. If you would have put a, a volleyball on one side, it would have got to the other side in about four seconds. It was like that sloped. I mean, it had they had had animals, and it was it 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 was just it was something. But I want to tell you, if you walked in there now, you would never guess it in a million years. All sorts of other churches and nonprofits came together to help us and they still do. So now it serves 225, but we just said, yeah, we'll, we'll take this thing. Even though you almost fell through the floor, now, now you won't. So it's not anything like that. It is a beautiful place, but it's still a double wide that serves 225 kids. And because we were faithful with a little double wide, we ended up getting a place of our own. We get 4,000 square feet. And in here, I want to tell you, we are doing our best to try to get everything possible that we can get out of 4,000 square feet. In fact, The Sunday after Easter, so Sunday's going to have two services in the morning. The following Sunday after that, the 23rd, we're actually going to be adding a second service at night until we can get into the new building, which is going to be in the summertime. But that is why that we are getting this larger space. This is why we're getting 13,000 square feet and a sign on the road, and it's not dark and scary. I had one lady, in fact, it was... uh, is Lisa, yeah, it was one of Lisa's friends, Lisa helps us uh, with the, the prayer meeting on Tuesday nights, and uh, and she drove back here, and she goes, you know what, I was kind of scared, you know, it's, it's dark back here, and you got all this construction supplies, the granite place going back and forth, and there's a brewery, and you know, sometimes out in the parking lot, it, it gets a little dicey, I, I gotta admit, i yeah, like, uh, it's just kind of uh, crazy. But anyway, she made it. She pressed on through. And that's why we, on our website, we tell you, turn in, don't be afraid, keep on coming to the back. But because we've been faithful with a place that you couldn't see, buried all the way in the back, in the dark, all of a sudden, now we are on roadside, right? Yeah. Uh, with a nice, big, pretty sign, and it's not going to be scary at all. People are going to be able to see us, and they're going to experience the things that you experience here, right? We want to be able to give to this because we want to benefit others, and we want to make friends, right? We want to influence people. uh, We want to invite them to Jesus, but we want to influence them in their lives towards accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We'll be leasing this place, for seven years we also have an option to purchase it and i believe that god that we will own that building and we will own it even because we were faithful as renters that god will make us owners of of that place do you believe that so then it says faithfulness and what is faithfulness Use uh, just like Jesus said in sixteen nine. This is the lesson: use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. And again, we're just not like making people to hang out with. What he's talking about, he's talking about a a, a godly influence, a divine influence here, and in favor that we will have among other people in our in our community. That doors will be open, just like Tabawak. This big event that we're having, they, they refused to have a church for a long time. We asked, I'm sure, I know there was other churches that asked, and they just kept saying, no, 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 no. Uh, out of the blue, I'll say led by the Spirit. I called uh, the director up, who's a fantastic guy. He's actually an old friend of mine. And I just said, hey, you know, I, I know you've said no in the past. Is there anything that we might be able to do to help you out. And he goes, gosh, you know what? Yeah, come and have a meeting with me. So I went. He goes, you won't believe this, but the nonprofit that usually does all of our kids' zone, they just pulled out, and we've got one week left, and I don't have anybody to handle about three or 400 kids. So I said, we'll do it. And I went, and I told the staff, and they said, are you crazy? (laughs) But you know what? Uh, our team is, is all about using our resources to benefit others and to make friends. And we've been in and we've been in ever since. And we get a chance a couple times a year to impact and to befriend and, and build a bridge between New Song and about 300, 400 families every single, uh, well, twice a year. It's, it's an awesome thing. We're going to give you a chance to sign up. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I was in charge of the bubbles. That's how I started out. But I was faithful in the bubbles. So, yes. Giant bubbles. So I got promoted to bounce house. I was faithful in the bounce house. So uh, I got bumped up to crafts. Yeah. Woo! And not just the, the, not the easy one for the two and three-year-olds. I the, like the hard one for the, the five and six-year-olds. Get my craft on. Doing it right. But, okay, so we've got to be faithful with things. And here's what I want to say. We're going to have opportunities. As this building comes up, you know, the upfit in this place, I, honestly, it's going to be somewhere between four hundred and six hundred thousand dollars and $600,000. We do have some money in the bank. We have a line of credit. But like I've said before, is that at Newsong, you know, that we've never borrowed a penny as, as long as we've been running. Ever, ever. Of all the things that have happened, all the outreaches Uh, that we do all the things that we partner with. You know, we pay our bills in time unless they get lost in the mail, but we've never, we've been, you know, fantastic tenants and a a blessing every uh, person that's done business with us, right? So, but here's the thing, is we can't, I want to wreck us through the thought, and this is important because this conversion process from worldly or earthly resources has to be made to eternal or kingdom currency, that exchange has to happen all the time. It's, it's a transaction by transaction. It's a, a, a thought by thought kind of a thing. And here's what we have to think. And this is what Jesus is saying, is that if we are thinking, well, when things are different, like when I get into this other season, when I have that job, when I do this, um, then I'll be generous. I want to tell you, it is pure deception. Because if you won't give $1 out of 10 you won't give 2 out of 20 you won't give a 100 out of a 1,000. You won't give 10,000 out of a 100,000. Jesus knows that, and that's what he's saying. And he says that the greatest indicator of what you will do, if, of how you will steward and be faithful with a lot when it comes, is how you handled and stewarded the little when you had it. That's the greatest indicator. Now, people change and grow. I, I certainly certainly did, like I, 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 but I had a great wife, and between my wife and the Holy Spirit, I finally developed this generous, in her example, this, this, generous, this generous heart, <clears throat> but if, the reality is if we, if we think and, and we talk about it and just say, well, when I get there, I would be generous, then it, it's, it's just uh, deception. The reality is you'll probably just find more ways to spend what you have. If it's not a priority, serving God is not a priority in life, then when we get these things, it's not going to be a priority. It doesn't matter what the scale. If you got a dollar, give a quarter or, or a, a dime. <clears throat> well, we can also be have to be aware of virtual giving. And I used to be a guy who kind of did this. And this is like when the giving happens only in our minds. you guys ever have that type of giving? When you intended on giving, you were... You were uh, stirred up by the Spirit. You decided, hey, this is a cause I can really get behind. And you had very virtuous thoughts about doing the right thing. And the thing is, is if you replay it in your mind enough over and over again, like you will start to feel pretty good about yourself as if you actually gave what you determined that you were going to give before like what you thought you were going to give. It's kind of like this. <clears throat> I'll put it in a, in a way that maybe... Uh, Married people can understand. It's kind of like the husband, right, this virtual giving. It's like the the husband who's on his way home, loves his wife, and just thinks, you know what, she's had kind of a tough day. I am going to stop by. She wants me to pick up a couple things at Publix. I am going to stop by, and I am going to get her flowers, Right, and not just the 9.99 ones. I am going to go like two sections over on the other side, man, and I'm going all the way to like 19.99, like with <laughs> with the five Sam See, now you know I do it because at least I know the prices, right, at, at Publix. But we get there, and the husband. But on the way, he gets like this this, this troubling phone call from work. Uh, maybe it's a person. I'll just say it's a personnel decision, and it just like one of those things that just puts his. Gut in a, you know, in this wrenching thing. And he's like, oh gosh. And then traffic gets backed up, and all of a sudden, he's just not feeling that amorous anymore. But he stops into Publix and he's on his way, but he sees that he's running late. Uh, he really loves his wife, and he sees the flowers going there, but he starts walking and he goes right on by. And he does. He picks up a couple patch, pa- uh, packages of uh, chicken sausages or or whatever it is, and, and uh, milk and bananas, right, <clears throat> and he's on his way home, but in his mind, he's thinking, wow, how awesome of me to, to, to think about getting flowers. I'm, I'm a pretty loving guy. Not many guys would think about getting their wives flowers, and He begins to build himself up. And I'm picking on husbands. It can work both ways. Uh, So anyway, he begins to think, like, oh, I'm a pretty good guy. And and, and then he starts feeling these emotions, right, the the, uh, amorous uh, feelings that he's getting. Because in his mind now, because he thought about it, it was this virtual thing that he did, and it's as if he actually bought the flowers. So he walks in the front door feeling awesome about himself, And his wife is there, and for some reason he can't figure it out, but she's just not responding the way that he thought that she might because he thought about getting her flowers. (laughs) I'm telling the truth, aren't I? And then the husband gets frustrated. Well, that's not a very loving thing. And this couple is fighting and they have no idea what it's about. They get in an argument and they, they, you know, they, 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 they're standing off. Uh, you know, they, they have to go in other rooms. And it was all because of this virtual giving kind of a thing. So that's a, a story. But I, I want to tell you that don't get caught in virtual giving. Right? The kingdom of God, the, the currency of heaven, isn't good intentions. It's actually taking the things that God has entrusted you with and putting them into action, to giving them away to benefit others and to make friends. Luke sixteen thirteen says this, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And I want to tell you this, that a slave with two masters is a slave with problems. We find it at work. Has anybody here ever worked for a family, maybe a smaller business. You work for a family. You had two brothers or two sisters. I can see you all talking right now. Oh my gosh. You know, or you had a a husband and wife that had a small business and you work with them. And even though they're kind of on the same thing, right? They're, They're working for the same company. They want to make a profit. They kind of have two different priority systems. They have two different ways. And you end up, they end up the wife tells you to do one thing, the husband tells you to do another, and they're different, and you just can't work it out. You know, your your job is just miserable because you do it one way and you hesitate when you get told another way because you know this person's not going to be happy, and it just keeps you stuck right in your place. You can't move forward at all. You can't ever be the type of employee that they really need you to be, but it's their fault, right? It's it's just because there's two masters going on here. Love or hate. And I want to tell you, uh, serve one and despise the other. But it's not like a husband and wife running a business. I'm talking about these are two completely different masters. These are two completely different sets of purposes and visions, and they are completely and utterly opposed to each other. And it is impossible to serve God and money. Straight up. It, it, it just cannot be. You have to put our loyalty to God. Following Jesus requires a radical affection and radical loyalty, and there is no middle ground. I'm sure you've read that in Scripture a few times a day. So what is today's lesson, right? 16.9, here's a lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then your possession, Then when your possessions are gone, they will come. They will welcome you. Right? Into an eternal home. And I just thought, can you think of it? Like the, the the picture that Jesus is painting. Like, and I started running through this. I wonder, like, who's going to be there to greet me? Right? Who's going to be there to welcome me, these people? And it's going to be like, well, then you're going to make friends. Well, it's not like, I got to, some people I did get to know that I've helped, but some people I have no idea. And so I don't really know them, but they know who I am. Because when they were giving thanks to Jesus Christ for their salvation, Jesus pointed out and said, hey, there was some people here that gave to make it happen. That, that helped out, that pointed you in the right direction, that were there for you as a, as a friend or, or gave you a, a, a lift or helped you out with groceries or were just there to talk with you. And I'm just wondering who's going to be there. Who are these people? I want to tell you that these are very real things that happen at New Song. And th- this is what I believe corporately, that this is who we are going to see at New Song as we are going up there. These people that are welcoming us is going to be a single mom that was given a van after uh, walking uh, with her f- five kids everywhere she went, to get groceries, to go to the, the, the bus, all, all of these things. There's going to be a young man from a trailer park who was given a Bible when he was in fifth grade, and he was uh, tutored, and now he's the first one in his family to break out of poverty. There was a woman that was rescued out of, of, of sex trafficking, and was able, uh, knowing the love of God, was able to forgive her... Uh, uh, abusers, and also, and then she was there to help others. There was a family that moved to to Lake Norman, not knowing anyone. That came to New Song. Moms met friends, had someone to help them when the the kids got sick, had someone to help them through uh, the challenges of marriage, and answered all their questions about Jesus. There's going to be drug addicts that have been freed from bondage because they were accepted and given dignity here at New Song Church from the first day that they. Walked in, there's uh, going to be a baby that was rescued at Love Life uh, Charlotte, right? That uh, this, this little one's rights were protected, and a, a church and some people and a big organization helped their mom get some baby gear and threw a shower for them and did financial counseling and helped meet all of their needs for the first two years of life. So the question is, who will you be welcoming. Who will be up there waiting for you to say, wow, that was awesome. You know, friend, this is welcome to you eternal place. I just, I, I don't know that picture. I just, I've read that verse. I've never had that picture before, but I think Jesus is trying to picture this day for us to motivate it. This is why it's all worth it. This is why it's faithful to be, to be worth it to be faithful with Little things or seemingly insignificant things, we always have to retrain and untrain our brain the way that society and this culture and the way that uh, this monetary system works so that we can accept the teachings of Jesus and say, you know, that we have to be, uh, you know, that if, if we're faithful with a little, we get, a lot, we get more. We're trusted with more. That if we're faithful with God's stuff, that He is going to give us the eternal riches that we are going to possess ourselves. Personally, and we're asking everybody to help. We got this building thing. We'll be passing out information, but you can give today. You can go online. Uh, you can text uh, eight four three two one. You can give. Uh, there's a lot of different ways, but you can start even now on a one time uh, uh, thing or doing uh, a monthly. But here's the process, and this is where I'm going to close. Second Corinthians nine seven and eight. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and 8. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. That's why we're not going to do an offering right after uh, I talk about money. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then, so this is the cool part. Listen to this. Then you will always have Everything you need, and plenty left over to share. With others, right? There's just something crazy that happens in this conversion thing when you take the things God's entrusted you to and you go to the money place where you get the currency exchange and not only do you get enough that for what you put in, but then all of a sudden you have all of this left over that you can do the right things, the things that are in your heart to do. I know we have so many here that are involved with missions and outreach projects and, and doing doing good things. And I know you all give to those, and it's just an awesome thing that we don't have to worry, that we'll have plenty. So you have to decide in your heart, because it's really not as much a financial issue with the calculator, really. It's about uh, your heart and the blood coursing through this big muscle right here, Your, your inner man, your inner woman. Deal with bad attitudes or wrong attitudes if reluctance surfaces in it or a bad attitude, you, or a wrong attitude, you have to deal with it, and you have to ask God to deal with it for you. Don't decide in advance what you can't give. Some of you, I want to tell you that in this process, some of you are going to give more than you ever thought you could give to anything in your life. And you're still going to have all your needs met, and, you're probably, and then you're still going to have enough to share with others. But seek him in a fresh way with this. Don't just take what you made and put a couple of, de- and you move it over two decimal points and, and decide. Like you just need a slide ruler. Well, I don't know. I'm dating myself on that. You just need, you don't even need a slide ruler, right? You just go bump, bump. You just need a pencil. Some of you guys have sharp minds you don't even need a pencil. You can just go over two decimal places. So this is what I'm saying. Do it in a fresh way. Don't decide in advance what you can't give. And don't give... Virtually, it's fine to give online, right? But don't do virtually. I want to tell you that it, there's a, it, it seems like there's a, a promise too there and there's some satisfaction, but I want to tell you just like I said before that the kingdom of heaven is not built on good intentions. Faithfulness isn't so that we can multiply. We don't want to do more good. We're going to invite the worship team up. Um, and we're just going to close today not with uh, an offering, for the building, we'll be talking more about that. But, you know, we, I just want us to spend some time really just enjoying God after this. And it's, and it's really this relationship and this enjoying God uh, that's going to allow us to be able to give uh, generously, It's going to build in us a determination, you know what, that if we, we give up what we have here in this life, that there's, there's things to be gained. And, and like the Bible points out, and I kind of made, you know, kind of put my, my twist on it. But you come in with nothing, you're going out with with Nothing. And if we read about some of the the other teachings this week, we find out that, you know, there's a guy that had a bunch of barns and uh, he thinks he's done it all himself. And he just says, well, I'll just build bigger barns because I've got it going on. And he refuses to acknowledge God in it. You know, and the response from heaven is, you fool. Today, your, your very soul is required of you. And, and I don't totally understand it, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that how we handle our earthly resources, our worldly resources, has an effect on our eternity. And I just feel we just as we worship, as we just, uh, we're actually going to minister to Jesus for a little bit. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will minister to us, but I just, want a, I just want a freedom to rise up in this place just to know that you can make that conversion, that you are free uh, to give, that you can trust him.